Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for sharing your Sunday with me. Today is May the 25th, 2014, and this is a blessful week. We're starting off our Memorial Day just right, and I hope everyone has a prosperous day today. And let's make sure that we remember the soldiers who have fought in the line of war, who have lost their lives, and leave a family behind. Our condolences go out to you on Blog Talk Radio today. Um, if you feel like calling in, you could do so. If you just go to the site on Blog Talk Radio, you could just sign up where you just join your, where you'll look for your favorite show and you could go about it that way. And if you feel like just signing up and having your own show, that would be awesome too. But we're going to get this started. On the line with me today is Miss Becky White today. She is a music producer and also a performer. And if you have any questions for her, how to get started in that line of work, do call in at 347-426-3751. Good afternoon, Beck. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Glad to have you as a guest on my show today. I appreciate that for you taking out your time. I'm so glad to be here, too. Thanks for having me. You're, you're so welcome. So, Becky, let's get started on how did you even get into music? What made you lead into that industry? Okay, well, um, I actually started playing violin when I was five <laughs> um, and then started singing when I was just a kid as well. Um, and so music has always been a really vital part of my life. Um, when I was 13, I I was like, Mom, I wanna I wanna trade this violin in for an electric guitar and um I didn't actually trade the violin in but I did get an electric guitar and um and I've been playing um guitar and, and multiple instruments um for years now and um then then about, you know, four or five years ago I started producing music and producing my own music and also for others and um so I guess the music industry sort of like I sort of found myself in the music industry because of my just love for music and, and doing that not being able to stop. <laughs> right. Now also being a performer by you doing that, you went to produce being a producer, so when did you know you wanted to be a producer? Well, you know, I've been with playing violin at an early age I was I was performing my whole life as well, so that was kind of a natural um, thing for me to just be doing, you know, up there on stage, um, and I started writing my own music about when I was 18 or 19, and, and um, started performing my own music around then, and I, I recorded a couple albums um, in various studios, and, um, you know, that was an awesome process, and I kept wanting to just be in front of the controls. I was like, but what if, you know, I have so many different ideas and wanted to try things out. And so, um, yeah, I was like, I need to I need to be able to just do this on my own. I need to be able to be, you know, in my studio and, and 
trying things out and uh, experimenting. So that, you know, producing hat has kind of been something I've been growing into the last few years, but it's it's felt really awesome and supernatural. So I'm, I'm, and it's kind of just one of those things where you choose the right thing and, you know, things start happening in your life. So that's kind of what's going on for producing music right now for me and video as well, actually. To me, I think music it just it just takes you out that element. It takes you to a place that nobody else can under, really understand, and that's why I think I find the cool part of it. But I do love the fact that you're you're in it and you're enjoying it. You're not getting caught up like most of them do. They get caught up in that fame, the money perspective of it. They forget their values and their morals. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, better or worse making money in the music industry right now is, you know, you, it's definitely, it's not an easy industry to excel in um, because there's still a lot of domination by um, large record labels and, you know, people in the industry. It's like they're not really wanting to let go of what they have. So it's, it's not always the easiest thing for um, for independent artists to come up and make a lot of money. So, and I feel like I've never really been in it for the money, better or worse. Um, but I, you know, I've I have actually been really motivated by, you know, speaking truth to power and wanting to just get some of these stories across about, um, you know, what's going on today, um, what's going on for people today, and what kind of is the story of our time. Um, and, you know, touching on social justice issues, touching on environmental issues, touching on issues of being a woman and, you know, class and race and all of that um, has a, has influenced my music. Um, and so that's kind of been my driving force. And, you know, of course, in the last years, it's like you need to figure out how to survive and, and to live well, too. But, um, you know being able to tell that story through music has always kind of been what has driven driven me to do it. Well, that's a new, uh, uh, well, actually, that's the new language now. Just as I was talking to one of my other guests who was a pal- who was a pastor, we was talking about how the children, they, they relate to the new gospel hip-hop better than when we grew up. It was so traditional. You just sit there, you listen, and, Bam, that was about it. But now you can't get right. that out Moses to them straight out. It has to come through a song. They understand that better. And just like you were saying about the environment, you're doing songs like that. See, it helps children. They understand. It's general because it's different. Time, times are changing now, changing in developments in technology and the music industry. I think it made it easier where you can record your own music and relate to the generation better now. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, what's also really inspiring is that, you know, youth can can have these tools as well. I mean, it's becoming so much more accessible that you do start, you know, hearing a lot of fresh new sounds because people have access to this technology that, you know, maybe 20 years ago wouldn't have been able to have that access. And that's, you know, that that's really exciting because it's, I mean, the playing field is maybe never going to be fully level, but it's getting 
it's getting leveled out a bit so you can, you know, hear hear these stories from, you know, so many different voices. Right. Now, who are some of, who are some of your musical influences? Um, so I've you know, I have a really wide um range of influences. I, I call my music electro folk. Um, so I have been inspired by folk artists like Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan and um Joan Baez and kind of the the seven sixties and seventies um you know, hits Janis Joplin, um, Crosby Stills Nash and Young. Also, um, definitely I'm really inspired by various, you know, R and B and hip hop vocalists. Um you know, back from like um Sade and Lauren Hill and uh Erica Badu definitely have inspired me as well and um and then I I study Indian classical music, um and studied with Ali Akbar Khan um when he was alive and play the sitar and um also study Indian classical vocals. And um so that whole music of India has inspired me. I'm also very uh very inspired by the music of Africa and um I just saw Rokia Tore um perform in San Francisco which was an amazing show. Um and um yeah, so uh Tanarwin has been a some a band that we've listened to a bunch and um so yeah, it's kind of I think I think listening and being able to like a lot of ranges of music um has really just opened me up um and not being limited to just kind of a western palette. Um but of course, you know, I do like a lot of different music that's coming out of the states as well. Why? And I was going to say, mostly all your music, if you really listen to it somehow, has derived from African beats in some way. So I'm I'm glad that you did mention that. And it, and it gave yeah. it, it really gave America as much of the basis for that jazz and, and the blues leading to the R&B and rock to rap and, and metal. So, yeah, I'm really glad that okay. you did mention that. That's where a lot of it comes from. Most people think, oh, I just came up with something new. no. You actually doing something old, but it just derived from all this. It's nothing new, really. The new is the old. That's what I mean. Look at the styles that we bringing back. Everything that our parents did years ago in the seventies, bell bottoms. They're they're bringing all those back. The gacho pants, all those coming back. Nothing. It's nothing new. Totally. And it's still the same. Yeah, and it's and I think it's really important to credit it and and to you know say where it's coming from because you know we've gotten into this culture of just like sampling and taking um, all these elements from different things and like the copyright aspect people don't want to like you know say where they got things from but you know we have to give credit to these musicians in Africa or in India or like wherever they might be because they're holding down some serious traditions that, you know, the more we can honor them and integrate them, I think that's really important to evolving our culture. Right. Now, you mentioned electro folk. Can you explain that to the listeners what exactly that is, Becky? Okay. Well, so, 
you know, like I was saying before, I I have been playing guitar my whole life, um, and I just grew up playing folk songs because it was me and a guitar, and that was what I know, and that was what I listened to, um, and and so folk music for me is really the story of the people, and um, you know, sitting with a guitar with, with one instrument is kind of like that has been the way folk music has come across for so long. Um, and and slowly, you know, I grew up on the West Coast and also in New York City, um, but the last, um, you know, I've been on the West Coast. I mean, I go back and forth, but I, but, uh, I kind of grew up around this electronic music scene and, you know, the hip-hop, what has kind of evolved with hip hop as well, um, with electronic beats, and so we got really inspired by these different sounds of like the bass and the kicks, and and started to integrate that with with these acoustic guitar sounds and other acoustic instrument sounds, and so that's why um, we're calling this project uh, Electrofolk because it's it's really a blend. Um, of these organic instruments and these electronic beats. Now, is this? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, folk music for me is like the story. It's like claiming the story of the people, and that's that's where I'm coming from, you know, is is just being (laughs) one of the folks, you know, out there. Right. Now, also... Did you get a chance to go to Sundance? And if so, what what did you what did you plan to accomplish there? Okay, well, yeah, we we did go to the Sundance Film Festival this year in in January out in Utah. Wow. Um, yeah, and it was an awesome experience. We played three shows while we were there, um, and it was I mean it's a jam packed festival. There's so much going on amazing films, um, filmmakers from all over the world, um, and then a lot of other artists and, and musicians as well, um, and just great, great people. So we felt really lucky that we were able to perform and um, and share our music there. We had a really great reception of folks that got to hear us, um, which was really cool. And um, We actually played with like a, like a, a giant LED screen behind us at one of our shows um, that was sponsored by the Utah Film Commission. And so we got to have these images that we've collected as we've traveled around the world um, the last years and and have them behind us. And that really kind of uh, has this visual element to the music, which was really cool to be able to share it from dance because so many people are doing so much with sound and image there, obviously. Um, and I, I hope to I hope to go back to Sundance because it was such a nexus of cool, creative energy. Yeah, because a lot of people don't recognize Sundance as being number one, but Sundance does a lot. You just have to keep up with it. It's almost like if you're not part <laughs> of that clip, then you, you definitely will not be known. Becky, would you just suggest that for any music artists out there to really do the same thing if they want to get out there to be part of Sundance or is it hard to even get in? Yeah, I mean I would definitely say, you know, if you're if you're driven to 
um, be if you're interested in film and that integration of film, then it's it's a great place to go. Um, and you know, I think for any artist out there, you know, really following your path and your truth is the best we could do as artists. You know, we ha- you know, you never know where your journey is going to take you. Um, if you follow music and you're out there and you're performing and you end up traveling to a lot of different places. So um, if you find yourself being drawn to go to Sundance, I would definitely say go, yes. Now with this new, with the album that you have out, what is, um, because I think it's called The Great Unknown. So what is The Great Unknown? Um, Well, the, the album is actually called To Wake the Living, um, but the 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 first track on it is called, you're right, it's called The Great Unknown, and and that's kind of one of our title tracks. And um, it, you know, The Great Unknown <laughs> kind of just came out of, it, it was one of those songs that I wrote really quickly. It just sort of came out fully formed almost. Um, and... You know, the great unknown is, who knows what it is? It's the giant mystery of life, you know? It's it's this amazing, um, beautiful thing that we're all a part of. And and um, it, it's, a, it's a mystery, but it's also um, constantly revealing itself um, to me and to everyone around us, I guess. Okay. Because I did um, have one of your songs on the on the list. It was uh, One Truth. I think that came from the album The Firekeeper, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah, that's our new album. Our band is, is called Firekeeper. And I thought that I I thought it was it is this awesome song, guys. You really got you really have to get into it. Now you're now the guy that you work with, Nathan Punk Punk. Yeah, am I yeah. correct? Now he's the drummer yeah. and designer. How did you two end up meeting? Um, well, we actually met um, in college um, in Arizona. We were going to a school called Prescott College. That's a little school up in the, the mountains um, in Arizona. And we've been playing music for years and years now. We were in a band previously called The Secret Mission. And mm-hmm. um, we were we actually... We're on tour with the Secret Mission and kind of started joking around, like, what if we started this little duo and, you know, all that. And um, and then we were like, this actually sounds really fun <laughs> um, to try that. And uh, Nathan's also an architect, so he's really involved with um, doing green building and doing some really innovative stuff with... Um, you know, creating great structures. <laughs> so I, I feel really lucky to collaborate with him on this music project. Now, Becky, if you don't mind, I'd like for the listeners to hear your song from Fire Keeper One True. Sure, yeah, let's hear it. All right, here we go, listeners. <laughs>
I love the song. It's it's so much behind it. I I do, Becky. I think it was a great song to ever come up with. Now, Becky, can you can you explain how the album "Wake the Living" was developed? Um, so I was living in a houseboat in San Francisco at the time when I was uh, recording and creating that, and um, it, it was right by the Giant Stadium, actually. <laughs> um, so we would. We could see the games going on down the road, down the little creek um, where we were. And um, and I also was spending time down at a studio in L.A. called Phonogenic. Um, and so I kind of recorded between my houseboat and um, 
and the studio in L.A. And, you know, some of these songs that I had been writing for a long time and was just excited to get them get them down. And then other ones um, came out as, you know, during the process of, of recording the album. So it was really, it was really a great um, journey, and I'm excited to release some new stuff now too, which I've been working on. Yeah, that's a, that, I was just gonna ask you that too. What new stuff you um got in store and new productions in store? Yeah, so I I um I've actually been working on a couple different projects, um, producing some stuff for some other folks and um, working on and scoring this uh, DVD right now for a a film and then um, working on the new Firekeeper album, um, which is really exciting. We're going to be releasing um, some singles coming up here with some new videos. as well as like an EP probably coming up soon too. So um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I, I, I'm I'm excited about the new material. This the album kind of like launched us in a direction that um, has been really fun to to just feel free with. <laughs> right. So Becky, um, where can the listeners hear your music and or purchase your album? Um, so you could go to firekeepermusic.com, um, and that has links to all of our, you know, social media sites, um, and we're on iTunes. You can check us out there. We're also on Bandcamp, um, and you can listen on Bandcamp. It's uh, www.firekeeper.bandcamp.com. Um and yeah, just connecting with us through our website, firekeepermusic.com. And also, we love you know hearing from people on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. So um, find us there. Well, what and what is your website where people can go to see? Um, so if you want to see my personal website, you can see beckywhitemusic.org, um, and that has some of my various projects and um, just the other albums that I've uh, made, and um, yeah, all that info. Well, Becky, I do. I I thank you for this interview. God bless you and all that you do, and you stay striving in all of your future endeavors. I, I appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. Great to be connected. I know, right? And I hope we and definitely we definitely gonna stay in touch. Oh, good. And where where are you based right now? I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, awesome. Well, we hope to make it down there one day. That would be amazing. <laughs> I hope so. So make sure we keep um keep each other emails so that way I can let probably listeners know too. Hey, Becky okay, White coming on. That would be awesome. All right, sweet. Well, have a great day. You too, Becky. You have a blessed one. Thank you. Okay, bye. That was Becky White, and I hope you do check out her, her, her new album coming out, and I will keep you definitely updated on any future endeavors that she has out. So I will definitely keep you posted. Next coming up will be our guest, Frederick Coach West, the third. That's right, the third. So 
Um, I want you to make sure that you stay tuned on the air, and I will be right back after this commercial break. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. I feel like I'm choking. Sometimes my parents have to take me to the hospital. You know how to react to their asthma attacks. Here's how to prevent them. Visit www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council.
working two jobs and my husband works too. My kids go to school with your kids. I'm one out of every six Americans and my family is struggling with hunger. I believe in this country, but it's hard to believe so many Americans have to choose between paying bills and feeding families. Visit feedingamerica.org and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. All right, we're in. We're back on the air right now. We're back on the air at the moment, and as I was saying, let's make sure that we take the time and the moment to honor the soldiers who have lost their lives in the war today. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. Yes, enjoy yourself, but also make sure that we commemorate on the ones that fault for us out there. And, you know, sometimes I hear the negative responses. Oh, nobody told them to go into the war. No, nobody did tell them to go into the war. But at the same time, that that's the honor. So let's make sure that we honor that to the fullest. But if you feel like calling in and giving a shout-out or if you want to say something in regards to that, please do so at 347-426-3751. And we'll be right back after this commercial break. This is Namdi Asamoah. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better, and kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. 
Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. One, two, three, and I woke up early this morning and I went to the five and dime. I saw this pretty young lady that was real, real fine. I tapped her on her shoulder and said, <clears throat> excuse me, ma'am. She pulled down her pants and said, black feet, hands. Whoa. So we walked her to her house and she opened up the door It was a hard-shaped bed in the middle of the floor She pushed me on the bed and this you can bet In between her legs was real, real wet So I grabbed her by her thighs and I moved up truly She jumped off the bed and said, don't touch my booty Don't touch my booty cause I won't touch you So we bailed out her house just to get something to eat. We saw a friend named Patty walking down the street. Patty turned around as we yelled out her name. She dropped to one knee and began to sing. Whoa, Sally, that girl. Whoa, Sally, that girl. Sally is a girl that likes to play, and if you want some lovin', Sally is okay. She has a different fellow every day of the week, two or maybe three, just to make it sweet. Sally wants a man she can call her own, and 6700 she can call on the phone. Sally's never tired, and she's never alone. All Sally wants is a fellow with a brone.
All right, we're back. We're back on the line. And yes, and now they reported on Twitter that President Obama is making a surprise visit to Afghanistan now to visit with the U.S. troops for Memorial Day. Um, as I said, let's commemorate this day. It's not just about, well, I mean, it's just not only about just ha- spending that time with your family and barbecue and everything. It's about commemorating the lost soldiers who fought in this war. And, yes, we may say that it's not our problem, but it is. It's someone's son. It could be your son. It could be your nephew. So let's take that time out to take a moment of silence and actually think on this. So if you want to give a shout-out to anyone that may have lost their life in the war or or in the war now, you can do so at 347-426-3751. But on the line with me today is another special guest. His name is Frederick Coach West, the third. Yes, that's right, the third. And he is a professional business coach. <laughs> <laughs> a professional business coach and consultant who specializes in Christian and small businesses as the owner of Enterprise Solutions International, the founder of the Look Faith First Movement, and author of the Customer Services Filling Your Business series. Coach West writes about strategies, marketing, and social media advice for the expiring and professional business owners. He is a keynote speaker, and he's been a guest on radio shows. Um, and has written for Hampton Roads Inside Business. So welcome, Coach West. How are you today? I am very blessed, and, and absolutely. I, I definitely want to honor uh, the fallen soldiers, uh, not just in the Afghanistan war, but everywhere else. It wouldn't right. uh We would not have the country we have today without the people who sacrificed the ultimate sacrifice, which is their lives. So God bless them, and, uh, and I'm glad to hear that he did that surprise visit. I know why I was surprised. He doesn't want to bring attention to, to, to himself, wants to bring attention to them, so I think that's great. Right. And uh, like I was explaining before, people say, oh, that's their business, they go in a war. Well, at the same time, you have to think about it. You might do think like that, but these are people who actually sacrifice themselves. So you don't want to be too, you don't want to be cold-hearted in this matter. So I'm, I'm, I just want to dawn on that. We, we have to think about the ones who are risking their lives because we just lost a soldier 19 years of age today. Um, they reported mm-hmm. on on ABC News this morning. He was from California. So our hearts go out to the families who have lost their true soldiers. But Absolutely. now that we're now that we on the air with a, another man who wears so many hats and is, a, and is a true soldier himself, not in the war, but a soldier of God. Um, so, Coach West, what actually compelled you to write your book, Customer Services Killing Your Business? Well, um, I've been in the coaching and consulting world, the secular world of it, for 14 years. And, you know, I, I, it was a God-given gift. Uh, you know, I just happened to, to be able to communicate with people on a specific level so they were able to improve themselves and able to grow. And so I did extremely well in the secular world for a long time. And it's, I, I kept seeing this under attack. I really kept seeing uh, small businesses and especially Christian businesses under attack I said, all right, so if this gift is given by God, why am I not doing it specifically to serve? Uh, yes, I'm helping myself and my family, but right now, my Christian brothers and sisters, they're the ones that need the most help. And how that kind of transpired was before, you know, you don't mention faith. When you have a non-denominational practice, you don't mention faith. Faith is nowhere in your language or, or how you educate or how you help people grow. Uh, and I had even avoided it 
just so that I made people feel comfortable with what I was teaching. But at the same time, a lot of the stuff that I was going over, even though I took the word God out of it, it was based on all of our principles. <laughs> and so I said, you know what, this is an opportunity for me to put God back in my business and say, okay, you know what, there are plenty of people, uh, consultants and coaches out there that serve all types of businesses, but who, you know, who does the, the Christian business owner have right now um, as a soldier, as you said, on their side, that's helping them specifically find a way to have God in their life, but at the same time be successful at what they're doing. Right, and God has to play a part in everything that you do. I'm part of, I am part of customer service. Uh, so, when you talk about customer service, really, can your business? Are you talking about as far as the aspect of the workers around there? Because now, customer because customer service plays a big ordeal at my job, and some people are just not built to be in customer service. You could train them all day, but their attitude stinks. But at the by the time they get to exactly, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is. The thing is, is when we think of customer service, um, you know, let's break down the word itself first. All right, um, a lot of people don't know this, uh, but a customer, technically, what a customer is, is nothing more than a person who purchases a commodity or service. So that means they're, they're, they're there to purchase something, and there's no relationship or no specific care, no specific obligation beyond that transaction. And so basically they come in, you give them what they want, and they leave. Right. In addition, service, um, I mean, a lot of people don't realize this, but service comes from the root of slave. And it's because when you serve somebody, uh, that's kind of where it came in. And the, and the issue I have with it is that means it's out of obligation. And so you have people who are giving you one transaction out of obligation. And even though people don't know the technical meaning of customer service, that's how they treat it. I mean, I've been in so many businesses where the person who was serving me on the other side of the counter felt inconvenienced by my approach, felt inconvenienced by my presence, and felt inconvenienced providing me with what I needed. And it was, it was horrible because both people feel it. Um, the person who is serving gets no satisfaction out for, you know, giving something to somebody. But at the same time, the people who is, that are asking and that are receiving tell that the other person is not, is not being fulfilled. They don't enjoy what they're doing. And so that relationship is killing businesses. And so what we talk about in the book is it, it's got to evolve past that. And how it evolves past that is where it's the core of our faith. See, we are not asked, to, to necessarily serve. What we're asked to do is provide. And there's a big difference in providing. Provision means you're looking out for a person that is under your care. You are delivering something to them out of compassion and out of love for them. In addition, instead of customer, we use the word client. Because a client is somebody that leans on you. It's somebody who depends on you. Um, somebody that holds you physically responsible for their well-being. And so if you get out of this, giving somebody a commodity out of obligation to evolve to giving somebody or providing somebody with what they need because they lean on you to do so, the satisfaction from both parties is, I mean, it's, it's amplified by ten times. And so that's what it is. It's kind of saying, okay, you know what? Take our faith of where we're supposed to provide for our brothers, our sisters, our children, and everyone else out there. If you take that type of compassion for people and put it inside of every interaction that you have with the people who call on you, you'll have a successful business. 
right. And I think that is so true. And you do get, and you know you're right about that part. The customer can tell when you don't want to be bothered. But see, me, I'm always happy. So when I go to a table, I do, I try to provide the best service and everything. I try to go all the way, starting with the appetizer, going down to the to the desserts. I keep going. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm very persistent when I'm at my table because that's, well, it's not the way I was trained, but that's how I am. Because I love, I love interacting with people. Absolutely. I do. I, and they can pay. Yeah. You get paid because you're a server. You get paid extra for doing it. But you know what? Why? It isn't about getting anything extra. It's about, again, providing for your fellow man, your fellow brothers and sisters. Right. That's exactly what it is. Because really, because, I mean, when you really get done, you don't know what the person really going to leave you on the tab. I'm just providing you the service so you don't feel sad at the end of the day saying that she gave me horrible service because I don't want to give nobody horrible service. I don't care if you do leave $2. As long as I know I gave you good service, I'm fine. If you cool, I'm cool. Cause that's my, and sometimes that might be all that you had in your pocket. So who knows? I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, now, you deal with this movement called Look Face First. What exactly is it? Well, so, you know, and I really feel like this vision was given to me um, by, by God. And he said, listen, you need to start serving, providing for <laughs> the, um, you know, your Christian brothers and sisters. Um, because it just, I, I got so irritated by it. It just, it was all around me. I said, okay, so if I was to put a movement like this together, what would it look like? How would it work? And right. I came up with three things for the faith first. Uh, first, we as Christian brothers and sisters, Christian community, we need to change how we make purchasing decisions. Meaning, if we have an opportunity to make a purchase, big or small, we need to at least seek out other Christian businesses to see if they are fit. You don't have to purchase from another Christian business or another Christian business owner. You don't have but, to. But at the very least, we should feel in our hearts that we should make the extra effort to say, okay, is there somebody out there who has the same beliefs and foundations that I do that provide this for me? And if they do, and it's a better opportunity, I should take advantage of it. Okay. Now, the second part of that, which is the other two parts of this movement, are this. We as Christian business owners need to improve how we do business. I'll be honest with you. A lot, too many of us are like, you know what, God will provide, or God will do this, and God will do that. Well, Everything I've read is God helps those who help themselves. And so we need to make specific efforts to improve how we give people value for when they invest their money in us. Right. And by providing them that value and making it so that every single interaction is worth it to them, we make it so they want to come more. And the difference in that, once that money comes in, the difference in that, which is the third part, is is there's just too many misguided beliefs when it comes to wealth. I mean, there are too many people who believe that, uh, you know, wealth and being rich is a bad thing. No, in reality, if a Christian business through providing a better product or a better service, being faithful, what is the obligation they're supposed to do with their extra money? What are they obligated to do by our faith? Right. Okay? Yeah. Share with others, right? Right. They're supposed to provide for the community. They're supposed, to, they're, they're supposed to help educate people. They're supposed to help grow people. They're, help, they're supposed to help support the families that come through them. You sure do. For, and for, and sorry, that's where greed, I was going to say, that's where greed looks like it plays a part in it. And one thing about greed, you never are satisfied with anything because you're so greedy. You want it all at one time. 
Right. But see, there's a difference between being rich and being greedy. Okay. Greedy means you're hoarding. Greedy means you want it all for yourself. But to be rich, other than money, okay, money is one way to be rich. But there are other ways. I mean, I have, you know, I'm married and I have eight little children. And, I mean, I'm rich in a lot of parts of my life. But at the same time, as I accumulate wealth, if I spend that wealth, because I'm, because I'm, a, I'm a, I try to be a godly man. I would say I am, but it, you know, it's, it's, you know, faith is a journey. Faith is something you always get better at. And so I try to be a godly man. And so when I have wealth beyond the, beyond what I need, I'm sharing it. I'm finding ways to provide for others. That's what I. That's what satisfies me at the root of my soul. And so. We as Christians, we, we try to avoid being rich, and we try to avoid accumulating wealth because of these beliefs of what wealth provides for us. In reality, what it gives us is the ability to support our communities and to do the things that God wants us to do on the earth. Right. I do. I agree. I agree with that day and night with you, Frederick. I do. Now, also, Frederick, in your book, you mentioned the goal is not to put more God into a business, but rather have more God come out. What do you mean by that? Okay, and so it goes around, again, it goes around that, that client provision idea. Okay. The thing is, a lot of people think what it means to have a Christian business is that you've got to have a bunch of crosses everywhere and a bunch of scripture and, and everything that you say and do should have some word in it. And, yes, while that's true, that is one way to do it. In reality, it's how we transact business. It's how we do what we do that they're going to see something that's a little different. Um, I've been to businesses where I was served at such a high level. I was provided for at a such a high level. I was like, you know what? There's just something different about this place. The way they interacted with me, the kindness they showed, the compassion they showed, the care they showed, and the fact that everything I got was exactly what I was expecting, I knew there was something different. And I'll tell you, nine times out of ten, it's been because it's a Christian business. Um, for the longest time, and this is a confession on my part, for the longest time I went to Chick-fil-A not knowing that I had Christian roots. I just, I liked what they, I liked the, you know, the food there. I love the atmosphere there. I love what they did for the kids as far as the parties and everything else. And it wasn't until somebody a couple of years later said, oh, yeah, well, because I asked them, I said, why are they putting this um, uh, veggie tails? I don't know if you know what veggie tails is. I said, why are they putting all these veggie tail things in these bags? So well, that's a Christian business. I said, but it's a chain. It's a national chain. He said, no, it's a, it's a national chain of a Christian business. And I just knew, you know, like without even being told, you knew there was something different. And so by having more God come out of it, it's how you do everything inside of it. It's how your people are interacting. It's the, again, it's, it's, it's do you have a passion that the person gets what they want? Do you value, like you just mentioned, do you value every single dollar that they invest with you? Exactly. Do you show them respect for doing so? Exactly, and you got to you got to have a legitimate reason. When you, I'm thinking of it as being in a Christian business, as believers, we're instructed to examine our own motives. So, I figure anyone considering the idea of a Christian business don't go in it just using it for a selfish reason, such as trying to drum up more business, or worse, worse yet, or you using it to deceive people into believing that you're an honest person. Uh, so I feel like if I'm a Christian who is doing either of those things, I don't think I would get very far in life. But God disciplines, he corrects, and he defines his children. Mm-hmm. And I call that leveraging your faith. Um, leveraging Why? your faith to take advantage of people. I actually address that. I don't know if you've read my blog or been on the website. Um, but I actually address that specifically. I mean, you know, that's one thing. We should be 
insulted by that. To, to leverage our faith and say we're Christian to reduce your, I don't know, your awareness of what actually is happening is wrong. And we as you know, Christian brothers and sisters, we need to be able to tell other Christian business owners, listen, if this is what you're doing, what are you doing to our faith? Why? You're misrepresenting what we stand for. You need to stop. But we won't hold each other accountable. We won't put each other up there um, out of fear. But from what I remember, <laughs> again, it's, it's not judgment. It's just truth. And it's like I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to insult you. I'm not going to beat you up. But I'll tell you, you need to check yourself. And I'm going to check myself constantly. And I ask you, if I'm going on a wrong path, I give anybody permission to say, Fred, listen, what are you doing? Because people who care for me and my soul would actually do something like that. Right. I, I, I do. So, Fred, um, do we supposed to hold a Christian business owner to a higher standard? I, you know what? I do. And are we supposed to? I mean, I would say this. Any Christian who didn't have pride in the way would be mm-hmm. open to that type of criticism. Let me just say that. Pride is what gets in the way from us being able to do that. If, you're, if somebody's speaking truth to you because of what they've witnessed, you know, you don't necessarily have to take it as gospel, but at the same time, you should listen to it because there's a reason why they've told you. And so I feel that anybody can hold me accountable if that's the direction I'm going, and I'm going to listen to you, and I'm going to weigh, okay, is this truth? Is this truth that I'm, I'm not aware of? Is this something I'm intentionally doing wrong? Or is this an opinion of somebody who doesn't necessarily know what's going to happen? And as long as my pride doesn't get in the way, I'll find out which one it is. Right, exactly. You got to know, yeah, because there's false prophets out here everywhere that you go. But, Fred, since we're getting short on time, I would like for the guests to know where they could get your book as well as your going to your website and finding your blog. Because you got an awesome oh, blog, sure. people. You just have to go and look at it. You got to read it for yourself. Absolutely. Um, uh, look Faith First. It's www.lookfaithfirst.com is the website. And the book's available on Amazon. Uh, if you look up customer service yeah. is killing your business, you'll find it. Uh, but also if you go to the website, the book is over on the right. I mean, if you are down the bottom right, you can actually go to get any of our books. We have four. Um, and what I'm willing to do for your show is I have – the main book, and then I have three supplemental books that I've written. Um, anybody uh, who comes to the website and says hi, I mean, there's a, there's a quick contact form, says hi, and mentions your show, I'll give them one of the three supplemental books, no charge at all, just so that they have more for their business. Okay, so they have to, so they go to your website and, and get this, but they have to yep, sign up. Yep, just go, well, they don't even have to sign up for the book. Just go to the website, there's a, there's a there's a, you know, contact us tab and yes, just fill out their information to say, okay, I was on TK's show or Tikanisha Day's show, and, um, and I'd like to get a free book. And we'll go ahead and email them back and let them know what their options are and, uh, and, and give them one. I mean, this movement is something that's really important to us. Okay. And um, also, Frederick, do I have to – because I'm, I'm going to put it on my Facebook fan page, so should I type in there to go to Look Faith First website and, and go from there? Yeah, look Faith First website, go to the contact okay. us, say they were part of your show, and we'll tell them the three books they can ask, and they'll just pick yeah. one. Okay, I will make sure I put that up there so people can actually get a free offering and, and everything, because I think this would be great for, um, especially for supervisors and managers out there, that would be great for their business, because they need to check into that. 
But once again, Frederick, I thank you for this interview and for being on my show. Absolutely. And anytime you would like to have it, you know where I'm at. I sure do, and God bless you, for it. You too, TK. Thanks a lot for your time. You're welcome. As I said before, I thank you, listeners, and my chatters out here in the box with me today on Blog Talk Radio. I thank you for sharing your Sunday with me. Now you go and have a blissful day, and I will see you tomorrow at noon. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless. Thank you.